You're listening to Nathan Shansky, and this is the Passion with Purpose podcast. On today's episode, I'm talking with John Mansfield from All Heart Photography, all about having a service mindset over a selling mindset. So if you've ever struggled with the sleazy car salesman version of selling, this episode is the perfect response to that. And we just go over like a completely different mindset from that that I think so many people can benefit from. So if you don't know John, John lives to create time with his family. He is an amateur chef, a coffee snob, a wedding and portrait photographer, of course, and a business coach with a passion for relationships and a mission to make the world a better place. He hosts the Light and Dark Photography Podcast, and if he could, he would almost always be immersed in nature. All right, my friends, let's just cut to the chase. Let's dive into the episode and talk all things serving over selling with John Mansfield. Are you an aspiring creative entrepreneur or established small business owner with a fuel to pursue the things that light you up like nothing else? If so, you are in the right place, my friend. My name is Nathan Chansky, and I'm a photographer and photography business educator. On this podcast, I'm here to drop nothing less than weekly truckloads of business and marketing tips, mindset shifts, and transformative wisdom from my life and career to bring you into the highest potential self that God created you to be. I will see you right here each week and let's commit to learning, growing, and achieving our goals together one bold step at a time. All right, John, welcome to the show. So happy to have you here today. Yes, thank you. I am I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to chat with you. I'm just I'm super pumped. I've been looking forward to this for Oh, I love it. I love it. Me too. Okay, so for those of people out there that don't know you, that don't know like what you're about and kind of your like your background, I would just love to hear for their sake kind of like who are you? Like what makes you tick? How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's so many things that make me tick. Um <laughs> Uh, like the, the business side of things, like where, how did I get to where I am today in my business? Um, it, it all started like back in my college years, I had a a job at a wedding venue. Uh, it was one of the many jobs that I had. And on the weekends I would like help out, uh, do things. And, and one time I brought my camera along because the, the venue just had these terrible photos on their website. And I was like, I can take better photos. Right. I'm not a photographer, but I will take a couple, give them to the owner. And they loved them. And they had a couple that was looking for a super budget photographer. And they're like, hey, John, he's got a camera. He takes mm. some photos. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I shot a 10-hour wedding day for 200 bucks. And wow. Loved it. Wow. I was like, this is 20 bucks an hour. This is so much more than I'm getting paid <laughs> from you guys. Um, yeah. And then that just kind of like spurred my my love for photography and for couples and weddings and just went into that career a couple years later after doing a couple weddings. Was like, all right, this is it for me. Yeah. I want to do this for a living. Like I love this. And then started that. That was 2013. Okay. And uh, and like my my whole like from from high school age, I wanted to have a career that would allow me to um, spend the maximum amount of time that I could with my family, mm. which obviously I didn't have one uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> at 17 years old. But um, but yeah, that's that's what I was searching for, and that's what I was looking for. And then photography fit that to where yeah. I could. I could do that and work from home, and uh, and that's what I'm doing. I'm in my house right now. I love it. Yeah, that's so cool. So, did you could you always have like a love for photography, or was it something that again, like, kind of only came out of like a circumstance, like you said? Kind of out of a circumstance. I mean, I always loved documenting things. I mm. was the the kid at all the parties and and everything that had my camera, and uh, and it was like one of those. Uh, really terrible point and shoots. Mm. It was like eight megapixels because that was top of the line back then. Yeah, and, uh, and yeah, I was I was always taking pictures of my friends and of my pets and yeah, uh, of just like animals around. Um, <laughs> and and then that just 
kept going. I, I always had a camera, uh, whether film or digital or something yeah. uh, throughout my life. That's so cool. Okay, so I would love to just dive right in and talk a little bit about your perspective on selling. And I know that you have a unique view on it and you kind of believe that there's a serving mentality that goes along with selling. And yeah, I'd just love to understand like where you got that from and just what your ideas behind that are. Yeah, absolutely. They, I mean, really, it came from a few different avenues and different people and books and things. Um, one of one of the mindsets that I really had to like overcome in order to get to this mm-hmm. was um, the 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 mindset of like the poverty mindset, mm. um, where I'm always I was always worried about. Like, like I, I always just like looking back, I picture myself just like guarding my, mm. my little bit of money that I had. And I was like, yeah. no, I'm not going to spend it on this. I'm not going to go out to eat. I'm not going to do this. Cause I, I was worried about if I could replace that money. Interesting. Coming. Yeah. And like that stemmed from my childhood and growing up, like we, we were pretty poor. We lived near the poverty line. We didn't mm. have a lot. Um, and it was that kind of, led into my adult life where I was afraid of making big purchases. Mm. And, um, and, and like I would project that onto my clients, Mm. um, where whenever I was talking to them about hiring me as a photographer, I would project that and I'm like, Oh, but they're probably thinking this is too expensive Mm -hmm. or not worth it. So I didn't really want to sell to them because I was worried that they would be like disappointed or not feel like they got enough value out of hiring me. Huh. And um, it was just like this whole thing. It's, it was, it was weird whenever I, I first learned that about myself and that I, I still held on to that poverty mindset. I was like, that makes so much sense. It was, mm. it was insane. And like, it often led to me offering discounts mm. or undervaluing my work, not, pricing myself where I needed to be. Um, like I used to, I used to just pride myself that people were always like, you need to charge more money. Like Mm -hmm. we're getting you at a steal. And I was like, that's right. You are. Mm. And I felt like pride in that I was able to provide more value to them, but I was like shooting myself in the foot because I wasn't, wasn't really, uh, I, I definitely wasn't bringing in enough to keep a business sustainable. Yeah. Absolutely. Can so it's really funny because I feel like I've heard a lot of this spoken before by a lot of students I coach and even like I kind of dealt with this when I first started is I think a lot of people think to themselves like, oh well, I I'm not worth this amount of money or yeah. I can't like deliver on this much amount of money or like I feel pressured when I, you know, if I were to get this amount of money. Or one thing I've heard a lot is I just want to bless these people. Uh-huh. It, almost like I want to bless everybody. And it almost stems back to, I think, a mindset that is like, do you think you could actually book them? Or are you just like, is it kind of like a a subconscious fix, like a, like a smoothing things over to say like, oh, I just want to bless them. Anyway, I would just love to know like your thoughts on all those things. And like, what would you say to a person that's kind of saying those types of things? Um, you're absolutely talking about me. Uh, <laughs> that was me like using the word blessed and everything. Like yeah. I was, I, I remember when I first raised my prices over a thousand dollars, I was like, no one is going to book me. Right. This is insane. Who would spend this much? But I, I wanted to, I, I like, I wanted to provide more value than what I was charging. Hmm. So I was like, okay, I want to give them the best that they can get, which yeah. is a good thing to do. I'm not saying don't do that. Definitely right. do that. Give give your best. But um, but I would do that to my own detriment and be yeah. like, okay, well, I'm definitely worth X amount of money. So I'm gonna charge like half of that in mm. order to bless them and like really, you know, people need great photos in all budget ranges. And I'm yeah. just gonna be the the low budget person. Yep. And, you know, you know, bless all of these people. So yeah, I definitely, I definitely came from that. So I would say to, to that person and to my past self, um, that you are worth more than that and you can serve them better when you are being taken care of too. 
Mm. instead of like being the martyr and you know like oh well you know i'm gonna have to eat ramen again yeah for every meal this month but i'm gonna i'm blessing all of these people Mm. and and putting yourself there but you can actually walk through with them and be paid for what you do you know uh equal to to what you uh should be charging yeah and why do you think so let me go back to kind of when you said, but everybody deserves good photos or everybody mm-hmm. needs good photos, even if you're not in a more affluent tax bracket. And like, I guess, like, what would you say to somebody? Because I mean, you make a point in terms of like, I feel like everybody deserves the best as humans, as like, yeah, just as human beings. Um, but at the same time, what would you say to the person who's like, I just want to, I just want to bless them because I hear I hear that that thing thrown around that that phrase thrown around all the time and I know that it's truly not blessing them for me to drain myself. Right. So I guess like what what would you say to all that? Yes, that's exactly it. You hit it. Like that is draining you. Yeah. Whenever you are undervaluing what you're providing, um, that just leads straight to burnout, mm. um, which is where I was. 2017 hit hard, mm. and it was it was uh, probably my first year that I hit like 25, 30 weddings that year, mm. and I felt the burnout and yeah. and the 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 blessings that I was giving um, weren't really blessings because Ooh, that's I was burnout and they were not even receiving what they paid for yeah uh, just because i i couldn't provide uh the the standard that i was i was providing before when i wanted to be mm. a blessing and i wanted to like go above and beyond and over deliver i was under delivering because i was burnout and i wasn't taking care of myself because mm. i was trying to you know be this be this blessing to mm. to other people absolutely that's so good and i think right when you said that, like, you're like, I wasn't actually blessing anybody. That's the truth of it, isn't it? I mean, yeah. like, there's there's certain times, I mean, I came to a point where it was like, okay, if I'm put out of business because of how many people I'm quote-unquote blessing, and then I'm not profiting in my business, then I can't bless anybody if I'm out of business. Exactly. So I really am not, like, quote-unquote blessing everybody through all these things because I'm burning myself out the the very like lifeblood of my business like the person behind it and so you have to keep it all in perspective and I think oh there's a question I was going to ask you on this but basically something to the extent of like if someone wants or if someone wants maybe at a lower price and then you get them up to like a higher price how how would you look at that in terms of like Ooh, but aren't you like, does that make you greedy? Does that make you like money hungry? Or like, what is that? Yeah. So I used to have the the mindset of if, if I do that, if they come to me saying, I have, you know, uh, this budget that only goes up to this amount, but I know in order to book with me, they're going to have to go above that. I felt like like that sleazy like car salesman from yeah. like the eighties movies and just like <laughs> trying to to oversell whatever it is. It's like I know that this is what you need, but I'm gonna sell you yeah. you know five steps higher. And and it felt like that because I didn't know how to sell. And yeah. all that I knew about selling was this is what I have, and I'm just gonna talk to you about it and pitch myself and. Mm. Uh, and then hopefully you will see the value in it and we can move forward. Yeah. Um, but it, it definitely felt kind of uh, like slimy the way of, of upselling and saying like, oh, actually you're going to need more uh, hourly coverage than hmm. this. And, and, you know, don't you want an album and don't you want this? And just like adding on and adding on. Um, and, and it wasn't really until I actually read a book, um, speaking of albums, um, I read a book called the stack by, um, Sean Austin Gordon. Um, okay. he's, he's the CEO and co-founder of kiss books. Um, okay. And they make amazing albums. Yeah. But, um, in the book, he talked about, uh, how selling can sometimes feel sleazy. Mm. Paraphrasing, of course. I don't know if you use the word sleazy. That's just mine. Um, but like, whenever you believe that what you're offering is the best option for 
your leads, for your clients, and that they would be just blessed. I mean, they would be blessed to to hire you at your price. It's doing them a disservice if you don't share that service with them. Mm, that's so good. And I think that's what it comes down to. I mean, like, you can't sell. Okay, you can, but it kind of sucks to do so. Like, it's so hard to sell a product that you don't yourself believe in. Um, and I think, I think so often photographers try to do that. And that's when they get themselves into trouble because they're like, you know, I don't believe in the gear I have. I don't believe in the the business workflow I have. I don't believe yep. in my client experience. I don't believe in like my organization. <laughs> I don't believe in my backup system. Like they, I don't believe in the education I'm giving myself. Like they truly don't believe in all of these things. And it's like, well, no wonder it's so hard for you to sell because ultimately like you're like, sometimes it's even, you're asking people to invest so much money into a business that you actually won't invest in first or Ooh. whether it's time either. You know what I'm saying? So there's like so many parts of that that go into play. And so you have to get to the point where you're like, I so fundamentally believe in my product, like you said, to the point where I feel like, I think you said I'm doing them a disservice if I were to not go, if they were to not go with me. Like almost like I feel bad for you if you don't, if you go with somebody else, if you go with a photographer down the road, I feel bad for you now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And that's exactly it is like, you know, you are the best option for them. Yeah. Which which also on the flip side of that, sometimes you'll meet with clients and you're on the discovery call and you're like, we are not, not a good fit. Yeah. And I am not the best person for you. Yeah. That happens all the time with me. I am not bright and airy. And I know that that is still a very trend, uh, a very trendy trend right now. Mm. And there are couples that come to me and I'm like, have you seen my website? Yeah. Like, uh, and they're, they're talking to me about how they want everything bright and airy. I'm like, I am not your person. Yeah. Like, I would love to work with you. Y'all seem amazing. This would yeah. be fun. But I don't think you're going to be satisfied with the end product whenever I'm delivering a more moody look than what you're talking to me about. And that is a hard place to get to. Yeah. When you can say, no, I don't think we're a good fit. Yeah, that's so good. It's like, yeah, I have people sometimes reach out and they show me their venue and their venue is like all indoor, like the whole thing. And then there's not a single window of natural light. And I'm like, I got to be honest with you. Like, I, I'm good with a flash, but I'm not like going to be lighting your entire, <laughs> like I'm a natural light photographer through and through. Like, I just think someone else would be better. Um, so yeah, I love that you say that it's kind of more, again, like that service mentality. So that's like super practical. Is there any other kind of more like practical tips you can give maybe another photographer out there who's like, okay, well, like, how do I get in this service mentality and how do I get to trying to actually serve who they are and like what they need instead of just trying to sell every single client that comes across my desk? Yeah. I mean, I think it is learning who they are and what they need Mm -hmm. and like actually listening to them. Uh, And that was a big thing for me on discovery calls. I used to just talk and talk and talk. And I was like, let me tell you about what I can do for you. (laughs) And I was just like going through my whole spiel. And I had like this thing written out and it was paragraphs long of, you know, this is how you're going to feel on your wedding day. This is what I'm going to do to make this feel good. And, you know, that you'll be comfortable in front of the camera. And this is what it looks like working with me. And, um, I, I never listen to them to hear what it is they're actually looking for in their photographer. Yep. So like, yeah, listen to your clients and ask them questions. Yeah. Um, my, my discovery calls now are mostly me just asking questions and yeah. then asking follow-up questions. I love it. <laughs> yeah. What's and, some good questions you ask? Um, well, I, I mean, there's like the, the, how did you meet? How did they propose? All that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, um, which everyone asks. Um, if you don't have a follow-up question for that, don't ask it. Yeah. Um, so like follow-up questions are my, mine are like, Oh wow. Like, uh, tell me more or yeah. that's amazing. You know, why, why, like, like I'll ask, um, like what they love doing together. Yeah. What is an ideal date night or a vacation or something? And then mm-hmm. they'll tell me and then I'm like, okay, that's really cool. Y'all like hiking. Why? Yeah. And then that gets deeper into, Oh, we just, we feel in tune with nature and, and then we can go even further down there and I can tell some stories about, you know, getting lost in the mountains in Colorado and that kind of stuff and like build that connection with them. Um, 
but yeah, asking things like that, ask, you know, what they're excited about, about their wedding day and why they're excited about that and, and all that. And that leads like it, it kind of leads you to these little nuggets of, oh, they mentioned a family here. Like we can talk about how I'm not just going to take pictures of the two of you for 10 hours on your wedding day to where you have mm-hmm. a thousand photos of just the two of you, mm-hmm. um, like paparazzi. Instead, I'm going to be looking at these relationships. And, yeah. you know, I, I want to know names of your grandparents and what yeah. you call them. And, and then, you know, hear about those relationships of like, yeah, I haven't seen my grandmother in three years because wow. we moved out of state, but she's going to be there at the wedding. Like, I'm getting pictures of that. Like, wow. I want to want to keep that in my mind. So whenever I see them near each other, I'm taking photos of that. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. That's like, that's actually something I've never heard another photographer talk about is like asking those very personal detail questions because that's something you can do even in the discovery call, but you can also do that. Like, you know, I, I don't know if everybody meets with their clients before their wedding, but like, I always love meeting with my clients before their wedding and making mm-hmm. sure that we're all on the same page with like timeline and whatnot. But I have so many other questions I ask. Those would be perfect to interject. Like, Hey, like who are, who's going to be there that's so important to you. Who is going to like, I don't know, is there any like particular non-conventional photos that you really want me to capture because of the person and their relationship with you or something like that? I think that is such an incredible tool. I mean, that's not necessarily selling when you're asking it then, but at the same time, like that's so helpful to like deliver an incredible client experience, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that is what sticks with them. And they'll yeah. remember that. And, you know, referrals are huge in this business. Mm. And and that's what people remember is like, oh, they took the time to get to know me. And they, you know, wanted to know who was important to me in my life. Yeah. Um, it's like, I'll ask them for different family members' names and things for like those formal photos after the ceremony. But also it's like, who are who are some people you're excited to see? Yeah, and I was like, oh, well, we have this group from college, and like all my sorority sisters are going to be there. And yeah, like, cool. We're going to do like a fun photo of all of y'all doing your tri-delt whatever hand symbols, <laughs> and like it'll be it'll be cool. And yeah, just taking that extra time to mm-hmm. really get to know them and know what's important to them, that's going to stick with them, and that's going to provide way more value than you ever could in some sort of, you know, pre-written pitch that you're going to go over. Do you think sometimes we as photographers almost, we emphasize, but I think sometimes because we're artists, we almost overemphasize like what we want to get out of the shoot or like our our vision and like i i think it's good to put ourselves in the expert seat of course yes. but do you think sometimes we overemphasize like our voice in those types of calls and like what we're looking for and like oh 100 you know? yeah. <laughs> yes all the time and i still do that i still catch myself where i'm just like talking about you know pulling up their venue online while we're talking just like oh and this this doorway would be amazing like i could get y'all like backlit we could silhouette over this i, I see that that's you know facing this way sunset's going to be amazing and like going through all that that gets me really excited for Mm -hmm. photos because weddings are very you know very standard they're for the most part they're the same things happening with different people at different times sure Uh, but the like the creative stuff the working with different lighting and uh silhouettes are like my jam i love putting them in a cool place with a silhouette. Um, but like that kind of stuff does get me excited. And I will still talk to that in a discovery call, but I try and tone that down a little bit. Like I want them mm-hmm. to know that I'm also excited or like if I've shot at their venue before, I'm, I can talk about, you know, Oh, first looks are really great around this corner yeah, or down this hallway or something to be more of like a resource to them and provide value um, on either the venue or just about even providing value on, uh, on what, uh, what collection they should go with. Yeah. And instead of just like pitching the highest one, like, well, this one is all day coverage and we can also, you know, fly to Paris for your engagement shoot and all that's included. Um, but really talking to them, you know, from those earlier questions, getting to know them and, 
and getting to know about their wedding day through their eyes and what's important to them. Mm. I can kind of see later on in the conversation, maybe getting ready photos aren't as important as the dance floor. Cause mm. you've talked about how y'all are, you know, dancers and mm. a lot of your friends are dancers and y'all are just going to, you know, tear up the floor. You're going to want those photos through the end of the night. Yep. So that's going to be, you know, maybe you don't want me there five hours before the ceremony, but you might want me there for the after party. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when you, I just love to know kind of your take on this. Like when you have maybe multiple packages that you offer for clients, are you always trying to upsell them or are you more confident in selling like, hey, which one's right for you? For sure, which one's right. Mm. And there are times that... Uh, I mean, I'm always going for like the middle package. That's ideal. If yeah. I can book all middle packages, I am I'm, I'm a happy John over here. Just like, <laughs> all right, cool, we're good. And sometimes it is the lower package. I I have one that's just like six hours in an engagement shoot. Yeah, no second photographer. It's just me. There's no album. There's no photo booth. There's no add-ons it's just like that's bare bones that's the minimum that's going to get yep. me out on a saturday and and sometimes talking to them listening to what their wedding is going to be like and where they're having having it in the timeline of the day um sometimes six hours is all that they need and yep. um, i don't want to oversell and like push them because that kind of goes back to that like sleazy car salesman of, mm. you know, uh, like I picture like an old, you know, elderly woman coming in who's just like, she's, she's single. She's just needing a car to drive to church and to drive to the grocery store. Yeah. And like you can sell her a reliable sedan. Cool. That's great. That's what she needs. Yeah. Or you can try and upsell and get like this convertible sports yep. car and I'm going to get a good commission off of this. Yeah. But that's not what she needs. Right. And she might buy that because she trusts you as a professional. Mm. But later on, she's going to be like, these monthly payments are insane. Mm. And this is not what I needed. It felt good at the time because the guy was like, man, the wind in your hair, it's going to feel so good. But then once they get to it, it's just, it's more of a burden than it is an excitement. Yeah. And that's an incredible analogy. It's like literally the grandma doesn't need that. Like why? Yeah. And she's going to really have a bad feeling. Like then you're going to have the sleazy car salesman feeling in your head because you're like, okay, this right. is not what I needed. I just got upsold. I think um, it's so funny too, because I think that this kind of tag off what you said. I think that it also goes into play for kind of like, there's certain things that we want to sell almost, but you almost have to find the balance between what you want to sell and what like actually works for people. Um, so it's really funny because I, I sometimes ask around whether people like what people's packages are. Um, and like you said, your six hours is like so totally right for certain people, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. I, I find that like my six hour package is actually, I, 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 I hate booking it. And the reason I hate <laughs> booking it is because I actually don't think it serves anybody like my clients, at least I don't think mm -hmm. it serves my clients very well, or it hasn't. There's maybe been like one or two weddings ever historically who've ever booked a six hour package and it's gone well. Usually it just feels like an eight hour day that's like rushed. Yeah, um, just and yeah. into six hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm actually for 2023, I'm like, I think I'm I'm gonna get rid of the six hour package, not because I'm like, oh, I just want to like be only booking eight hours or above and like get that much money. Um, mm -hmm. I'll probably, frankly, add a four hour package because I find a lot of my clients, some of them need only four hours. Like they're doing a very intimate wedding and they they only need four. But like for some some reason six hasn't been working so i'm like i'm gonna get rid of it so i think it, it, it comes down to like the freedom you're giving everybody right now of just like yeah. hey like do what works for them not what always works for you and especially like your bank account like be uh -huh. much more concerned with them and like this is their freaking wedding day um like make sure you're prioritizing them over all else does that make sense yes yeah and i love that that like that's different for us because yeah. it's going to be different for everyone and it's different for every clientele. Like some people four hours is like a sweet spot yeah. and that's going to be great for a lot of weddings. And I, I also had removed six hours a few years ago because I was like, a lot of these are just 
that they're feeling rushed because it's yeah. like, all right, I get here and oh, you're already dressed. Okay, cool. And we're yeah. going to the first look. And uh, and that works for some people. And I always like uh I just shot a wedding this past weekend. That was like that, where I arrived, bride's already in her dress. Yeah. And uh, but we had talked before and she was like, I don't care about getting yep. ready photos. I don't care about like my mom zipping me up in my dress and all of that. She was like, I, what I care about is first look with my mm-hmm. husband and I care about the rest of the reception mm, because yeah. that's where I'm going to be going around and meeting people. And I was like, that's cool. If you don't care about that, like we're yep. still going to get a few getting ready photos because I know you're going to want at least a little bit of that day covered, but mm-hmm. it still worked out for them and it didn't feel rushed because we had talked about it. If they were like, you know, we want, uh, you know, all this getting ready, like hair and makeup and everything and first look, and we're doing this and, you know, ceremonies at a different location than the reception. I'm like, okay, hold up. Eight, six hours is not going to work. Eight hours yeah. is going to be tight anyway. Um, but yeah, like you were saying, like it's, it's different for everyone and, and learning what most of your clients go with and what serves them best will kind of structure those pricing collections too. And, and see six hours is not cutting it for anyone. So I'm just going to cut it and, and we're going to go for four or eight or more. And, and I think that's really great and really something that you should be doing regularly. Um, I try and look at my pricing structure every six months to a year Hmm. and just like, is this still working or do I need to change this up a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And then it, it does work on both ends. I mean, yeah. let's say you're in a position where you have a client that wants to book you at like a six-hour package. And then you're like, oh, but I feel bad upselling them to eight hours. But then you know that like they do need eight hours. And so mm-hmm. it's like, hey, this isn't necessarily for you to just make more money. But it's like once you get to the actual wedding day, you know that they're going to want those eight hours covered. And you know that on your end as an artist for them, you're going to feel much more relaxed. You're going to have more creativity. You're going to have more energy if you're not just stressed about you know the rushing it. Um, and so it's going to be on both ends. Like benefiting you and even like conversely if you are trying to sell them a 10-hour package then they only need six hours it's gonna be pretty freaking awkward to be there for like 10 hours and be like yeah just kind of twiddling your thumbs when like they don't actually need those photos you know what i'm saying right and then they're gonna be like you told me that i needed (laughs) more and now you're just like sitting around and drinking coffee like what's what's going on there's a disconnect here yeah so yeah yeah, I think it, it's that being in tune with what their needs are and then providing what they need. Yep, absolutely. Do you think that there's any common like pitfalls that photographers fall into when they are forgetting to serve instead of sell? Excuse me, other way around. When they're forgetting okay. to... S- <laughs> Wait, I yes. don't know what I said. When they're, I when they're forgetting right? to serve instead of sell. Yes. I, yes. I did say it right. You said it correctly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but both of us were just like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, I don't know if that makes sense. Sorry, I can't yeah. speak English. It's it's the different negatives in there. Um, <laughs> yes, there are definitely some easy pits to fall into um, when you're forgetting to to serve um, instead of wait. Yes, <laughs> now I know it up. is it is confusing. Okay. We know what you're trying to say. We know what yes. we're both trying to okay. say. Every, everyone, follow us along. <laughs> um, but yeah, there like there's. Uh, an easy pit to fall into is like whenever you're you're the one expressing all the value that you would give them if they hired you, mm. and like quote unquote selling. So you're you're there pitching all of these things instead of allowing them to recognize the value for themselves. Yeah, and then tell you. Uh, like one of the things that I do is I, I I mentioned this earlier. I ask a bunch of questions, and yeah. that is a way that you can allow them to actually say and recognize that value for themselves. Yeah. So I'll ask them like, what drew them in about my photography? What were they? You know, why did they want to uh, work with me? And then they'll talk about my creativity, or everyone seemed so natural, or something, whatever it mm. is that stood out to them, and that's allowing them to say that instead of me saying 
well, my photography is so natural and everyone feels so comfortable in front of my camera mm. and you're going to love the creative eye that I have. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. All the other photographers are saying the same thing, but whenever they say it, they'll actually believe it. Yeah. So like asking questions like that or, um, you know, why do you want to work with me? There are so many other people, like cameras are good. We've got iPhones now with amazing cameras on them. Like people can, you know, there's there's someone out there with a, a nice camera that could take photos of your wedding for cheaper. Like, why yeah. are we talking? Yeah. Which is kind of a scary question to ask um, because they could be like, you know what? You're right. My cousin does have a good camera. But, right. Um, which is great. They're not the client for you. Right. But that allows them to think, why are we talking? Yeah. We're talking because this is what I saw in your photography. This is the, like, you've already shown up as a resource for me. And I know mm. that you're going to be a professional and know how to handle a wedding day, mm. know how to handle us in front of the camera. And it's not going to be that awkward, like, oh, hey, um, uh, let's, why don't we try this or like put your hands here and like that, that awkwardness of, you know, not knowing what to do and how to guide them. So mm. allowing them to say what, what it is that they value and what they see in working with you is gonna, gonna sell much better than uh, you trying to sell. I think sometimes, John, we get very, like worried that we're ever going to like misstep or say something mm. that's like not salesy enough. And mm. then we just like, we almost, yeah, we, we lock up and then, and then we don't actually say, we become like the sales robot instead yeah. of like, Hey, actually just sell like you would to a best friend, like actually just tell them what, like, like, like ask them these questions and then like tell them the answers. Like you don't have to overcomplicate all of it. And I think sometimes it's when we be, when it's when we get in that like robotic, like I have to be the right salesperson. I have to say the right slick tongued thing. That's when we like fall into those pitfalls. Um, and even when you were talking a little bit about like, Hey, like sometimes you're not going to have, um, the thing you're, you're basically not going to know what they, what's going to put them over the edge. They're going to know that they're yes. going to have the things in their head to get them over the edge. That they're the reason they reached out to you is probably going to be the reason they book with you. Like ask them those type of questions or even, mm-hmm. or even sometimes getting back to like, okay, let's say you even ask them a question like you just said, where you were kind of like, Hey, what, what makes a professional like me your best option there are other options. Like we all know this, like, why aren't you going? Cause I think a lot of people would be really scared to ask that. Like you said, it's like, Whoa, like you're almost (laughs) making a case for going against you. But But the thing is it almost opens an opportunity psychologically for them to be like, Oh wait, I have to convince myself into doing this. Cause I know I do want to do this. Like he's not convincing me anymore. And like, I have to convince myself now, which is always more powerful than them, than you convincing them over yes. and over again, like a bat over the head. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Right. Yeah. Just like, here, give me your money. I will, <laughs> I will do this for you. It's going to be good. Like promise. Just trust yeah. me. And yeah, it's, it's like, um, there's a quote from Maya Angelou that I, I love. Um, and I can never get it correct. I'm going to try and remember this. Um, <laughs> I always get it like out of order, but it's, um, she said, I've learned, that people will forget what you said and people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Yeah. And that's the whole thing Mm. is when you have that bat and you're trying to bash them over the head with all the things that you're going to be amazing at and you know why they should hire you, they're going to remember that and they're going to remember how that felt. But whenever you're asking them what they're excited about and asking them what about your photography excites them and gets them ready, like the, to step in front of your camera and, and all of that, that's what they're going to remember Mm. is how you made them feel. And they're going to feel valued and they're going to feel like you desired connection with them instead of just, Hey, I've got three calls today and I'm just wanting to put you on my calendar. So Mm. where can I send the deposit? Yeah. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Exactly. Do you think sometimes this is a weirdly phrased question, but do you think that sometimes we're selling feelings in a way? Oh yeah. 
I agree. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you look at like, uh, uh, like commercial marketing, a lot of that is feelings based. Yeah. Um, in selling feelings is not always a bad thing. No. When you have good intentions behind selling those feelings mm-hmm. and making your, uh, creating those feelings for your clients. When it's a bad thing is whenever you're trying to like manipulate your Those clients feelings. into yeah. feeling something that they're not naturally feeling. Mm. And, you know, cause, uh, yeah, I, I don't know why I'm thinking of like Coca-Cola or something. Um, but like there, there are a lot of people, like I am not a big soda drinker. I'm a coffee drinker. I've got my iced coffee right here. <laughs> I um, love it. But sometimes I'll see an ad for Coke and I'm just like, oh man, that polar bear does look very refreshed. And like, <laughs> I, I'm feeling those feelings of like, maybe I want a Coke right now. I don't know. And like, when you're when you're playing on people's feelings in a manipulative way, it's not good. Mm-hmm. That is not what you should be doing. And that's and that's lot like this whole um, strategy of serving over selling. Um, is not to be manipulative mm. to to your clients and to pull out those emotions so that they make an emotional buy and then they're kind of stuck because they already sent you the deposit and they're like, oh, well, I don't feel like this anymore. Yeah, You're drawing on their true emotions and asking, like the the whole power of asking questions is that you're allowing them to show the feelings that they already have Mm. instead of trying to create made up feelings that they might get in that discovery call and then not feel two weeks later, whenever they're like, Ooh, yeah. So I'm not excited about working with them anymore. Right. Yeah. And there's the reason, because the reason I asked that is I, I remember when I was reading a book called Story Brand by Donald Miller. Great book. He, I know. He talks about basically the fact that he's like, every brand is not selling a physical product. And he calls them, I think he calls them external needs. Yes. He's like, you are most likely selling an internal need or a, I think he calls it philosophical need. So basically something, so again, like an external need would be, um, the photos themselves, the the photographer showing up at the wedding day. But the internal need is, you know, you want to you want to preserve your memories. You want to make sure you have like um, these these moments with these with your family documented. So again, you can feel these feelings. Um, it's like emotion. It's it's all these things that are again very intangible feelings that you're actually selling rather than just like the physical digital product, if that makes any sense. And so yes. I always go back to that and I'm like, you know, you can talk to a person until they're blue in the face about how your physical external, uh, how you can solve their external problem. But ultimately, until you're actually speaking to their internal needs and their internal problems, it is difficult to actually get to the root of like, what do you want? <laughs> you know what I mean? How can I best right. serve you? Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's the difference between like not asking questions and yes. asking questions. And cause whenever you ask the questions, you get into that internal yeah. and that's what they're going to, to give you. Um, other than whenever you're talking about like, these are going to be great photos to hang up in your, uh, you know, in your hallway. And, uh, and you can talk about how you get these certain moments and all that, but whenever you speak to their internal problem, or not problem, but their internal motivators of, mm. I want to see the connections between me and my guests and between me and my spouse, and like I want to see that and feel that through the photos, that's what you're selling, is mm-hmm. that feeling. And if you yep. can... If you can come through on that and provide that for them, then, uh, then that's, that's a sell right there. They're, they're going to throw their money at you because that's what they're wanting. And that's what you can provide. Yep. Absolutely. Now, do you ever take this dimension of kind of like service over sales? Do you ever take this into past just the sales process, the inquiry Mm -hmm. process? Do you take it into your marketing at all? Like before even people reach out? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, hundred percent. And like instead of instead of trying to sell my services through marketing and you know social media, my website, all those kinds of things, um, I try to speak to my clients' pain points and their desires. Mm. Um, so again, that internal motivation, I try and speak to that, um, the, like the pain points, the things that they're afraid of unflattering angles or poor quality images, or just like awkward interactions in front of the camera, almost, you know, 99% of the couples that I photograph are just like, we're so awkward in front of the camera. Like you're going to have to guide us. I'm like everyone is awkward. Everyone like, says why, that. That's why models get paid because they're models. Like they've trained to be comfortable in front of the camera. Right. And everyone is so awkward. So like I speak to those pain points and I also speak to their desires of, you know, things that they're, they're wanting, like to be comfortable or uh, to have a knowledgeable photographer who knows how to, to run around on uh, the craziness of a wedding day when things are not always as the timeline says that it should be. Yep. Yep, yeah, absolutely. I think that's so important. That's a that's a good one to to kind of speak to that pain point because like so many couples say that when they reach out. Like I feel like that's yeah. probably the most common inquiry uh-huh. response that people get is like, we're so awkward. And it's like, oh my gosh, I've worked with so many quote unquote awkward people. You will be just fine. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Something that I always love to ask, kind of like in closing, um, it's like a two-part question. I'd love to know what you're super passionate about, both in your personal life. And then in your professional life, and this could literally be anything you want to say. Okay. I am, I mean, I'm passionate. I feel like this is more of like a cliche answer. So I'll give the cliche one, um, which is true. Uh, It's not just, uh, yeah, I'm very passionate about my family. I kind of mentioned that earlier about how this career path was one that I chose because I'd be able to work from home. Yeah. Because I'd be able to, like, whenever I travel, my wife is going with me 90% of the time. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I get to take my kids with me to, to cool locations and yeah. photo shoots and stuff. And like, they go hang out while I have this hour or two photo shoot. And then we get to enjoy the rest of this little mini, you know, 48 hour vacation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like my family is, I'm very passionate about, um, but also, <laughs> which we're kind of in spooky season right now. So I feel like this <laughs> is appropriate. Um, I'm very passionate about, uh, like horror and like, thriller type movies no way Um, just like the good the bad the absolutely terrible i love all of them um not so much like the the slasher type stuff but the really good thriller intense like on the edge of your seat there's like plot twists yeah and and like i i love the creepiness too yeah um so yeah i'm really i really love those you are a brave man i swear <laughs> like those things freak the crap out of me and i will not sleep after them i just get so invested in them and yeah. then i like have such a big imagination that i just go crazy but it's really funny because i used to be super into like the thriller ones like the horror is too much for me like when it's like literally just like chopping people up, but like, yeah, the, like yeah, but the thriller ones are definitely like they keep you on the edge of your. I also feel like they're social. I don't know if it's like I feel like it's social to watch those. Like you actually yeah. like are very involved with the people sitting next to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense. Yes, yeah. So there's one that I really really liked that I saw. I mean, there's a couple, um, but. One that I saw recently that I was expecting it to be more like scary than it was. Okay. But it was just kind of like a mind twist. I was just like, what is going on? And it just, things kept twisting. And then you were like, wait, okay, wait, was in like, it it was great. It's called The Invitation. I think it's still on Netflix. That's where I watched it. Um, Okay. But yeah, it's just like, a group of people that come over for a dinner and then things happen. <laughs> and um, I don't want to give away too much. But spoiler yeah, alert. Spoiler alert. Things happen. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was, it's, it doesn't have like a bunch of jump scares or like blood and gore and stuff. But it was one that I, afterwards, I was like, I kind of want to watch that again. Yeah. Knowing what I know now. Yeah. Um, like I love plot lists. They yeah. are a fan fave for me. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Did you give us a, a professional? I didn't. No, that was a very long personal one. <laughs> okay. Um, good. 
Yeah. Professionally, I'm really, um, I'm really passionate right now about, uh, like learning more about people's psyche, like Mm. why we do the things that we do. Um, and, and getting to, uh, to better connect with people and to learn more about people. Um, and, and also like with, with branding and like the psychology of, of color palettes and that Mm. kind of stuff. I'm just like, there's so much that I didn't know. Yeah. Like moves us through life that we're not consciously thinking about, but that our, our, uh, like psyche just kind of like picks up on. Yep. Like the brain, the human brain is so intricate and has so many facets to it. I feel like I can never get enough of just exploring like what makes humans tick. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in a, uh, the middle of a rebrand right now. So like going through what different colors bring out and like different emotions and stuff. I'm like, that is crazy. I didn't know that about like the colors. I was just like, I don't know. I'll pick colors that I like and maybe (laughs) other people will like them too. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love that. That's so exciting. I'm, 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 kind of like on the cusp of getting a rebrand. I just haven't had like the time yet, but uh, mm-hmm. it sounds so much fun. I used to be a graphic designer. So like all of that sounds nice. like very fun to me. Oh yeah. Um, okay. So where, if someone wants to know more about you, connect with you, any, any like further learning training from you, where can we, where can we find you online? Yeah. Well, um, as any good millennial, I am all over Instagram. Um, I'm on there day and night, uh, probably too much. Um, but yeah, on Instagram, you can find me all heart photo. Um, and that's H E A R T heart, like your heart. Um, a lot of people think that my name is John Hart for some reason. Uh, I was (laughs) like, Nope, just, I, I, it's a different name. Uh, but yeah, Instagram, all heart photo, um, for more like business educational type stuff. Um, I, uh, allheartphoto.com slash education. I have a bunch of resources there. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And then I, I also host a podcast, uh, which, which you are on. Um, so people can check that out. The light and dark photography podcast. Go check out episode 137, I believe, uh, was, was your episode. So yeah, that's where you can find me. All right, dude. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I I loved getting the chat today. Absolutely, dude. You're the best.